Over the last two decades, I've been in an insatiable quest to learn everything I can about leadership. What makes the best leaders so good? After running companies small and large over the last 20 years, today, I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo. I'm your host, and I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this very topic and what makes the best leader so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I'm John Laredo, your host. I hope your day is going great. I got another quick one for you here based on a conversation that I had had recently with a friend that it got me realizing, wow, this is such an important topic for people to understand. A friend of mine was telling me, uh, sharing some frustrations, uh, he works in the technology sector and sharing some frustrations regarding his organization. And he said, you know, I, and this has been ongoing, I've heard this multiple times from him, that he's had difficulty with his leader, direct leader, um, and leaders in other parts of the organization. And multiple different issues. One is the fact that nobody is willing to make a decision. So any decision has to pass by like 10 different people to get approval all the way up to the highest of highest levels. So getting things done is a major challenge in this organization. So just think about that. If you literally had to go through a decision-making process that involved 10 different people, and maybe it's not 10, some of them might be, even if it's four or five different people, that's four or five different phone calls or meetings that you have to have in order to get something done. And this business, obviously technology business moves fast, very fast. So speed is of the essence. Well, that was one frustration. So there's an element of fear in in his organization. Leaders are fearful of making a mistake. Now that comes directly from the leader, right? That comes top down. There's a reason why they're afraid to make a decision because they don't want to make a mistake and they need somebody else to validate that they're making the right decision. I see that a lot. The other decision, or the other problem that my friend is having is that uh, there's a lack of communication. There's a lack of clarity. Uh, there's so many people involved in every single process that things get very confusing, convoluted, cloudy. Uh, it's just there's such a lack of clarity and it makes operating and succeeding in this organization very difficult. Uh, that's problem number two. And third is there's a lack of teamwork and collaboration. So you've got all these leaders that are kind of working in a silo and they've got a very much of a protecting themselves mentality, protecting protecting themselves and their group. So when you're trying to get this these leaders, which my friend is in a position of having to use uh, the, the resources of multiple different departments and trying to get them to work together is incredibly difficult. And I, I said, after listening to a lot of this and going through it, and it's always a fascinating conversation, but I said, well, what's a CEO like? And his comment was, CEO is phenomenal, really great, understands the business, understands the issues uh, in the industry, understands how to communicate effectively, has a great vision, people love him. And he said, he's really a good leader. And I said, well, let me say this, and I'm going to challenge you on that because I disagree. Uh, he may have great leadership traits, but he is not a great leader 
if he has people and his leaders below him are ineffective and they either don't have the skills themselves and or they're operating in a culture that does not allow them to truly be effective leaders, that's his problem. So no, I would disagree. He is not an effective leader. He's not a good leader. He may have some good traits, but he's ultimately ineffective, right? So just think about that. You are a reflection of your leadership team. And I know myself in running organizations in the past, there were times where I had gaps and holes in my team. And and everybody, I had to realize that everybody was a reflection of me. There was no such thing as, hey, John Lerito, the CEO, is phenomenal, but yeah, he hires a bunch of turkeys or has, you know, two or three people on this five-person leadership team that just either don't know what they're doing or they're self-serving or they're not really tied to the vision. That's me, right? <laughs> I, that's my ineffect- ineffectiveness as a leader. As the CEO, it's impossible for me to be a great CEO and not have great people. If I don't have great people, I'm not a great CEO. I'm not running a great business. Okay, so that that team below me. Now, some leaders, some CEOs or, or business leaders truly enjoy the feeling of being the best and smartest person in the room. Their egos just feed that. They want that, right? So they hire accordingly. They hire people that are not a threat to them, that they never, they know will never get better than them, and they intentionally make it so that they can't. Uh, and that's that's an issue of a leader who is just uh, there's there's ego issues, self esteem issues. There's problems in, in the, that will, will never let them become the leader that they ultimately can be. So that's part of the problem. But there's also others that just are not really focused on hiring and developing people to the best that they possibly can. And that's the leader's job. And here's the measurement of success away, kind of an acid test, is as a CEO, if you stepped away and you were gone on a sabbatical for a year, what would happen to the organization? So think about that. Whatever role you're in right now, if you left for a year and had to hand the reins off, to your team and the others that are there, the second, third, fourth in command, whatever it is, your team, what would happen to the organization in a year? Would the organization do a downward spiral and fall apart? In which case, you've not done an effective job as a leader. Would the organization stay on level? Would it, would it, would it keep going the way it is? That's a sign of a good leader. Would the organization potentially get even better? Well, that's also the sign of a great leader. It's also an indication that you may be the the uh, the bottleneck in the whole company and the organization because that that's another issue too. So pay attention when you do go away for a period of time, go on vacation or whatnot. What happens? I always tell leaders it's important. Don't I used to be the leader that would call into the office multiple times a day when I'm on vacation. First of all, and I did it out of passion. I just I loved what was going on. I was really invested into it. But one is I can't really disconnect and really truly be present during my vacation and spend time with my kids if I'm doing that. Secondly, it sends a horrible message to the team. It sends the message that I don't trust them and that I've got to be calling in. And it took my operations director, Debbie Viber, to tell me that one time and say, listen, you know, you're not making us feel like we can run this place when you're calling in every single day. You got to have faith in us, have trust in us, go away, enjoy vacation, come back. Things will be even better than you left them. And you know what? When I started to listen to her and do that, I, I found that was the case. 
they started to love it when I kind of went away because that was their opportunity to really do things. And I did find that things were running great when I came back and I enjoyed vacation even more. It was fantastic. But what that allowed me to do was develop people much more. And it gave me the, the realization that, hey, the more I put into people's hands, the more ownership I give them, the more I empower them to do things and make the dis- decisions, the better they become. And my A players really thrive on that. They thrive on that. So if you're not putting responsibility into your A players' hands, challenge people. Sometimes you don't even know what people are capable of until you really test them. Give them something you think is above their head. See what they can do when they're put in a situation and that type of challenge. You'd be surprised. You have some phenomenal people on your team. You don't even know it. And they may be at the point where they're looking at leaving and going somewhere else because of the fact that you don't challenge them, empower them, trust them, and have confidence in them. So this is really key. So bottom line message is you or your team, uh, rather, Everybody that reports to you, they're a reflection of you, your leadership team. There's no such thing as you being a dynamite leader and having the next level of leadership below you be mediocre. Well, then you're a mediocre leader in reality. So you have to realize that and own that. So I hope this got the wheels turning, give you some stuff to take with you and make you better, uh, make you a better leader. As always, I appreciate your thoughts, ideas for future guests and content, things that you're dealing with, successes you're having, challenges you're having. Reach out to me. Let me know what content, what uh, topics do you want to hear me talk about or interview guests about. Uh, I've got some great feedback. I've got a long list of topics and guests coming up based on your feedback. So in the meantime, like, share, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff. Go down below, give a five-star review, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P dot com. Thanks. Lead on.